Hi, everybody. Welcome to City Girls Pod. And this is the show where we like to talk about all things sex in the city. And we are finishing up our recap of season one of the Carrie Diaries uh, today. And can you believe it? We've, we're through season one. It is such a good show. I'm sad that we only have one more season to go. I know. And I was thinking about it, like how many podcasting duos can say that they have covered as many different seasons of television as we have? You know, you've got all six seasons of Sex in the City and then, uh, and just like that. And now one season of the Carrie Diaries. Uh, so I think that that's pretty, pretty darn good as far as I mean, certainly like I talk, I covered 16 seasons of Heartland with, with Michelle, but, but, uh, but that was just one show. And here we have, we've done three shows already. We're doing the entire canon. And I think when, and just like that comes out, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh. I meant to text you last night. I got fat witch brownies. Oh, you did. <laughs> and I was like, I wish Rachel was here. <laughs> oh, I wish I was there too. <laughs> um, next time you're here. But yes. it looks like we're going to have some interesting stuff with uh, Aiden and Carrie. So I think you and I are going to have a yeah. lot to debrief on. I know. I wish they would tell us when that's starting, uh, make an announcement, uh, because uh, just help us out with our planning. <laughs> yeah. When is lipstick jungle happening before that, after that, we've got a plan. Yeah. HBO yeah. Max. yeah. Yeah. Cause we're thinking of doing lipstick jungle and then cashmere mafia, which were both created by, uh, creators of, uh, they're both basically copycat shows. We thought it would be fun to like figure out why they maybe didn't work or, yeah. you know, weren't renewed and stuff like that. So Anyway, we're talking about uh, episode 12 is our first one that we're talking about a first time for everything. And it's Carrie's quest for the perfect night with Sebastian only makes things worse. Dora turns to Donna LaDonna for advice about her budding love life. So overall, what'd you think about this episode? Um, I loved getting to see like that, the scene with uh, Donna LaDonna and Dora. I thought it was fun. You know, Rachel, you and I have talked about how it's interesting to see characters who wouldn't normally interact, interact. Yeah. I also loved seeing Carrie just be overwhelmed with her love for Sebastian. But then we see how her brain plays tricks on her. Mm -hmm. We also see how Sebastian is not great at being forthcoming with his feelings and how that sends us into problems and even later on in sex in the city we see that carries in these relationships where the guy gets all brooding and angry and doesn't express himself so that was set up for her even when she was very young yeah I mean I can see what you're saying but I also think that in a lot of ways Sebastian is better at expressing his feelings than Carrie I mean he's the one that first says I love you he's the one that's trying to get her to to talk and to, you know, make this commitment and everything like that. And she's the one that's definitely overanalyzing it. She's definitely, and they I mean, they say, you know, trying to make everything perfect, but also she's pretty judgmental, I think. 
judgmental of him judgmental like always coming to the worst conclusion about what his motives might be or what uh, why he might be doing this very quick to say well let's break up i feel like for for a character <laughs> like oh a- she jumped to that yeah like i think so no i i should refine what i'm saying i think that sebastian's very good at expressing himself when it's a positive emotion but when he's annoyed with Carrie, he says things are okay, mm. even though they're not okay. So I think I think that there's some stuff there with his family that maybe he's okay at you know saying he loves her, saying let's work it out. But when he's dealing with feelings of abandonment and rejection, he's not great at expressing that to her until he's already angry about it. Yeah, that's fair. And also, it's kind of weird. I feel like that they brought up this idea of like, oh, is he over drinking? Is he does he have a problem and then they did nothing with that in either of these episodes like he just keeps drinking a lot like they there was no i mean i guess maybe we'll see something in season two but there really was no no point of conflict with that no confrontation no it really went nowhere yeah and let me point out that this isn't a guy who's like having a Miller light. Like he's downing hard liquor. <laughs> and it's something that we should probably at his age and the rate that he's drinking be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if he's going to be the one driving in most scenes, it seems like. So that's, you know, strange. And the, like, I don't think that in 1984, there was like no carding and no IDs and no like, they're just like hand in teenagers liquor. Like these places. Too? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, New York is some kind of lawless. <laughs> Wild like West, baby. This time. Yeah. Um, I do think that they did a really good job, particularly in this episode, like we talked about before, of showcasing 80s fashion through the lens of 2010. Like, for instance, I loved at the very beginning, this rainbow skirt that she had on with a like neon green top and a yellow cardigan uh, with some pearls. I thought that all looked great. She looked great. And like, if it was really in the eighties, then the hair would have been bigger. Everything would have been bigger. (laughs) The, The sleeves would have been bigger, but you know, they're kind of filtering the time of that it's made 2013 uh into 1984 and i i I really like the end result yeah i love the way that you put that i have no notes on this wardrobe i love it i think Mm -hmm. it's delightful it's bright it's fun yeah i i just think that it's spot on yeah and then later on when they go to the prom and she's wearing the kind of madonna-esque inspired dress which looked great on her with also kind of madonna-esque hair and the the many many pearls many necklaces it looked great again if you were really in 1984 everything would be bigger hair would be bigger look would be bigger everything uh, <laughs> uh, because it was just a big time i mean i remember hearing from a friend that they that they would uh, before school they would ride on their bike in order to get the hair bigger puffier I love that. They're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, Oh yeah. You wanted those puffy bangs. It's so ridiculous. I mean, 
I don't know. The only thing worse than 80s fashion is 90s fashion. <laughs> 90s fashion was. We weren't great. Yeah. <laughs> I taught high, high jeans that look good on nobody. Things like that. I was wearing like suspenders. I thought that was Yeah, the yes. best. Best was big thing. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, and then like the whole Clueless era, which I mean, those obviously iconic for that movie but nobody except for you know supermodels like Alicia Silverstone looks good in those clothes <laughs> oh I remember thinking that I could like try and pull that stuff off but I didn't even have the right stuff to wear yeah. it so I would be wearing like a really long skirt with like knee socks pulled out. it just it wasn't the vibe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I certainly couldn't pull it off that's for sure uh, so we have them playing Trivial Pursuit at the beginning of this, uh, and it's kind of like, it's, it's sort of sexy Trivial Pursuit. She's like, I like a challenge. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. Always keeping on my, keeping me on my toes, Bradshaw. <laughs> oh my gosh. The sexual chemistry between these two good looking people. They're so good looking. It's like out of this world. Yeah, and that's why I felt like, I mean, it's a classic trope of a romantic, whether drama or comedy, that you have to keep the leading couple from consummating the relationship for as long as possible, right? Because they're trying to like keep the tension, keep people viewing yeah. night by night. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, I feel a little bit like the conflict is a little annoying between these two and it, it's just kind of like it doesn't feel authentic to their characters I don't think and like I'm I don't I I like the fact that you have teen characters that aren't like quick to hop into bed together in a show like this I like that but I guess I don't know the conflict and especially making them break up and break up again and break up again I'm kind of like eh, I don't think that really makes sense for their characters I feel like the pacing of it is totally off. Like if it was, as you said, having, you know, the will they, won't they, or the slower burn, but that means you need to either take a longer time to break up or take a longer time to get back together. Not this, oh, we're together. Yeah. We're not, we're together. We're not. It felt like whiplash. Yeah. It was a lot, especially just for two episodes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I was surprised that they broke up so quickly and they got back together so quickly. The only thing that I was thinking is that, like, I guess in some ways, being a teenager, all those emotions are heightened and you don't know how to deal with conflict. So you're kind of like, oh, we'll just break up. And I I sort of had space for that, but it's too much in, in, mm -hmm. in a two-episode arc like this. Yeah, I, I agree. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year.
We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. And uh, so then we also have the dad. He is going to the gym a lot. <laughs> that was a funny euphemism. <laughs> but for. Yeah, the euphemism for spending time with, uh, with yoga lady. I don't know her name. You catch I, I, think, her name. You, I think it's funny to call her the gym. No, not that we're not that the we're, gym. Yeah. Like, yeah he's going to the gym. Um, oh, I think it's yeah. Deb. I think Deb. Her name is Deb. Okay. Deb. I just called her lady. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dad, I don't even know the dad's name. I just said dad schedules dad. nightcap with lady. Yeah. <laughs> In my notes. I, <laughs> I didn't like how he handled some of these situations I mean like I I think that obviously he's figuring it out but when he was sort of shaming her I thought that that was very unkind yeah I mean I can understand why he's kind of upset that uh she didn't tell him that her son was there I would think he would say that I mean I would think that he would know that her son was in the house like I mean this is just like a completely quiet child who needs no care of any kind I mean what didn't she need to like put him to bed or yeah I mean I do think that you're right she should have given a heads up that he was in the house but I think the the way he reacted that was so combative was upsetting um, mm-hmm. especially because also it's weird for her. Like she didn't yell at him for being like, oh my gosh, you saw him. Like, why did you go out there with no clothes on? Yeah. I mean, again, if I knew that my son was there, I probably would tell my partner that like, just tell him why, I don't know why you would keep that a secret. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It's not like he's not going to want to with you yeah I guess that was probably her worry but I don't know I just would think it first of all I would think he would just know because children make noises and children like have to be put to bed and need you know drinks and need help like they're they're just not like I I don't know but I don't really I'm not feeling this relationship I'm not feeling the chemistry I and I understand why, particularly in the next episode, he wants to keep it a secret from the girls. I can understand that. But I always feel like it's always going to be better when people hear truths from you rather than hearing them from some random person. Because then they're going to feel like, well, not only is the conflict that you were worried about is real, but also I had to hear it from, you know, granny gossip yeah (laughs) (laughs) and not from you like (laughs) yeah and I was I was reading um this article about how uh, family secrets and how even if you don't know that there's a secret you can feel it like it it actually like 
works its way into interactions and people will feel like something is off. And I think that's what we see with Carrie and Dorit. Like they know something is up with their dad. They just don't know what it is. Yeah, because he obviously doesn't go to the gym that much. And uh, and so, I don't know. It just, especially Carrie, who's almost an adult. She's getting ready to go off to college. She wants to spend the whole summer uh, alone, basically, in the city. So, I don't know. There's just a point where, again, even if it's uncomfortable... I would still rather have that news coming from me rather than somebody else. Definitely. And I I know that it's tricky because his wife passed away and of course everyone's still grieving, but I, I think you're right. I think he just has to find a way to manage that conversation. Yeah. So then we have Dorit uh, meeting up with, I forget his name. I just called him record guy in my notes. Yeah. I think his name is Noah. Is this Noah? I, I don't know his name. Guy in my head too. Record guy. Okay, good. <laughs> so she meets with record guy and he says, uh, I think the best kind of rebellion is when people don't even realize it's rebelling. I thought that was pretty good. What do you think of record guy? Do you think he's cute? I think he's cute. I think he's really kind. I think that it is an interesting age gap that I hope he's 17 because I know Dorit's 15. So I hope he's not 18. Um, did they say in the next episode how old he he's is? A year, he's, he's older than Carrie and Sebastian. Oh, he is. Or he's the same age. Actually, I can't remember because I know Sebastian knows him from his private school. So I guess he's just... I guess maybe he's their age. So it's fine. I I do think they have a lot of chemistry and I think he really genuinely cares about her. And it's amazing that Dort can find someone to connect with in this way because I think she's profoundly lonely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's good because then you don't have her just be in the sullen, miserable teen, which I hate. Yes, yes. And yeah, I mean, I I think it's pretty cute. I, I like that they're at least trying, I guess, with them to, to, uh, every other relationship that has this age gap in the show, they don't even really address it. I guess at least they're kind of talking about it and, and he's not like pushing her to be, to do more than she's comfortable with, which I appreciated. Um, and, uh, and then we have her talking to, to Donna and Donna says that relationships are about taking control or giving control. And I do think that that is very good advice that like, when are you going to take a, a backseat? I mean, we were just talking about how they're sheep and shepherds and, and it is true that certain people are just, they are, they are leaders and you should just move out of the way and let them plan things because it'll be better off. Everybody will be happier. <laughs> Yes, but but obviously you don't want like a dominating relationship. You don't want a controlling relationship. So it's about, I think it's a really good advice actually that like any relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship or a working relationship or whatever, is about when you take a take a back seat, when you take control, giving and receiving a power is 
is like, that's it. I also thought that this scene was so well acted by Donna. Like Mm -hmm. she, I was like, oh, this actress is quite skilled. And she's there like tossing off all this stuff in this seemingly casual conversation. But like, it was a very sort of like little monologue, but also like telling Dort to like maintain her power. And like the moment where she's like, and you know, be careful. We don't need any more curly haired weirdos running around this town. It's like, she's also like, cautioning her and looking out for her at the same yeah, time it's she is really good I think it's a good point that it's almost like they started off thinking okay this is just going to be a one-note character and then she was so good so then they're like okay let's add more and let's add more and let's add more because they really have developed her into an interesting person because she does have the petty side she has the you know blackmailing Maggie and things like that Uh, side of her but then she also has the side this understanding to walt that has this experience with her brother uh that that is gay uh and here she's talking to dorit uh she kind of had a uh this moment where where carrie gives her the purse and they have kind of reconciliation a moment so it's it is an interesting character for just a few episodes how much she's come around yeah and I'm glad that they're writing to her strengths, that she's a yeah. really a good actor and they're using it. Yeah. Yeah. And so then they show, this is like I was saying, they show at this party uh, that, so Sebastian is not on the list uh, for the VIP section. And so Carrie's very upset about it. He doesn't care. She's upset. Um, she's trying to find Larissa. She's trying to figure it out. And, uh, and then he starts just pounding away the scotch and that's why i was surprised again that that wasn't more never really came to a head it was just sort of there yeah and like i thought they were gonna have like an intervention or something at some point or like acknowledge it but the show never really did even a casual acknowledgement like carrie says something like whoa slow down like that's a lot you know like some sort of yeah acknowledgement of that um Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a weird dynamic because Carrie is very motivated and I I like seeing her go after what she wants and I want Sebastian to support her in that but it seems like it's difficult for him to realize that some of this stuff is her trying to make a career for herself. And I don't think Carrie's like flirty with other people or anything like that. And I I get that it was supposed to be a special night for them, but I guess it's almost like, well, are they a good fit if they can't get on the same page with this stuff? Like he was fine with it until, until she kind of made the whole thing about her, you know, and he says that you're being selfish and I think that that I can understand the frustration about that. Like he wants to be just like the cool guy, but she it's it's weird because she wants him to be more than that, but then also wants him to be the cool guy, I feel like. And uh, so it's interesting. I mean, she gets the chance to talk to this writer, the writer for like a virgin. Uh, and she is trying to take down notes and trying to have this meeting. Uh, and, and, you know, he says new love makes you look, makes you feel loved for the, for the first time. And, uh, and 
he's he's like i wrote the very song about about being touched for the first time and uh, then he's like oh you need to go go don't be wasting your time here with me (laughs) i was really relieved rachel that they didn't turn this into a flirtatious interaction yeah and like have sebastian see them doing something weird i was like okay that's good (laughs) like it was a fun little scene i thought yeah i mean because carrie is being selfish he's right but that doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. I mean, we have to be, we have to at a certain point be self-interested, especially if you're going to have a career like freelance journalism, freelance anything. If you're, if you have to be hustling all the time, like, yeah. like the, the most recent Godzilla movie wasn't like the greatest, but there was a character in that movie that, uh, I forget, uh, the the actor that was a uh, podcaster in, in like emergency podcasting whatever and and i i didn't appreciate the fact that like the very first thing that he they've just they've had the the first attack or whatever and the very first thing he does is go up to the show, would you be on my podcast oh i'm like it. absolutely podcaster i'm like that's legitimate like if yeah, that's i legit- we get it I would want, you know, all the people. And like, from that perspective, you're trying to help people with what you're doing. You believe in what you're doing. And so you don't see it as being kind of over the top or, or forceful or whatever. You're like, okay, we need to make, take advantage of this moment, not only for my career, but to like help people because I believe in what I'm doing anyway. And so I thought that was really, I was like, they really nailed this podcast this week. I always like when I see podcasters on shows, like most of the time it's terrible. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, would you be on my podcast? And it's all those things that we can relate to. Like in the most recent Ghostbusters movie, which I thought was fine overall, they had a whole character whose name was podcast. It was a little kid, but still it's like, okay, that's a little much. Like, Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so then we have the, they break up and the, and then dad and yoga lady, uh, they make up and then there's this whole thing with mouse and West in this. And he's the one that's mouse is, uh, that he's a sheep, not a leader as we talked about. And, <laughs> and then West uh, basically shows up at every single one of her little club meetings that she tries to have because she thinks, okay, that's the edge I have over West is that he doesn't have any extracurriculars, which he's on like the basketball team. So I don't know if that how accurate that is. He has a letterman's jacket. So yeah, I think he has some, some extracurriculars, but he basically shows up at every single one of her little things, including like boxing candy bars for the poor yeah. or something. I was like, what is that? Whatever that is. <laughs> Uh, and uh and then they end up uh, as we knew this was building you know the of course enemies to lovers kind of thing with them and they end up making out and are we at were they what level is this because they they just pause with them kissing um this is in the school it's just kissing right so I wanted to ask you, I had some questions because the way that they show the scene after where they're yeah, closer kind of all over. 
well, their clothes, they look a little disheveled, but they don't look like unbuttoned. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? I, Rachel, <laughs> I hope, and I think you and I just need to think that they made out in the school because that seems like a lot to do <laughs> in the school. I mean, I guess this is pre like video surveillance and things like that. Yes. 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 It was. <laughs> it was. 1984. It's a simpler time. Oh. I guess. Well, but, but, uh, Basically, he gets for a recommendation from the principal, you know, the print or whoever that was. It was principal seemed like saying, "Oh, what a great job you're doing! All these clubs and everything. I'm going to write you a, a great letter of recommendations." And then he says, "I do like you," and then she says, "I like you too." Uh, and and she says, "What are you worried? I'll," he says, "I'll that'll bother you so much that'll hurt your grades." <laughs> uh and we see one last scene of dort with record store guy yeah yeah so uh this one i would give mm, i think an eight to that was pretty good yeah i thought it was good it much like sex in the city i love the way these storylines are interwoven that it's like there's a theme to them but they're they're these each individual distinct stories, but they all kind of go together. I, I really mm-hmm. think the show is so well written and yeah, I'm just so impressed by it and can't believe I didn't watch it until now. I know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always fun when you kind of discover a new, a new thing as, as they used to say on those rerun commercials, which is if you haven't seen it, it's new to you. That's right. <laughs> all right. The final <laughs> season of the final episode of the season is kiss yesterday goodbye this episode 13 and carrie is happy going to her junior prom but when hidden secrets are revealed plans begin to change larissa makes carrie and walt an enticing offer so overall what do you think of this one for a finale of the season i think i think it's a great end of the season episode um a lot of things in this upset me <laughs> and, and not necessarily with the way that the show handled it It, it's just like upsetting things with the way you know Walt's sexuality is unpacked and and characters doing like really kind of ugly things you know it's it's episode it wasn't my favorite yeah (laughs) it wasn't a great I don't think ending to the season I understand what they were trying to do, but yeah, the back and forth, back and forth between Sebastian and Carrie, and then the whole thing with Maggie, I really disliked that choice. It didn't really, I feel, I mean, it made sense, I guess, for Maggie's character because she is so needy, but I also, I also don't think, I just don't think she would do that to Carrie, especially, it's not like her and Sebastian had been broken up for like a year or something like that no this is just like days yeah here's the thing I don't think she'd do it to Carrie this like you said this soon after it or without spending more time with Sebastian yeah like I know that there's alcohol involved but but when she leaned in to kiss him I was saying out loud to myself no 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 I hate this I hate this I hate this and I almost texted you yeah you should <laughs> yes uh and I don't know I, I guess some of the other parts were okay but I find it a little bit strange that in this show where 
literally every character i guess except for kiri has had a relationship older relationship like i don't know what the um the prep guy i was it george i can't remember his name but anyway i can't remember how old he was supposed to be is he was he older oh um i think they were relatively the same age okay uh so she hasn't had an older relationship but everybody else has yeah literally everyone else in the cast has had an older relationship and and yet for some reason walt is the only one that they're like stop pull the brakes nope we can't do this and not saying i want him to do it i'm not saying that they should do it it's just kind of odd to me that that's that's the one where they all of a sudden had a moral conscience when it comes to this. Yeah, it, it does feel tricky and strange because it's like, as you said, with the other characters, there's almost not even an acknowledgement of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I guess a gay relationship is the one relationship where, uh, where they want him to be more careful, I guess, or where there's sort of more moral weight behind the relationship i'm not exactly sure why i mean i think that there's i don't know i mean i i just don't understand what made them do that where they didn't do it for the others yeah and and interestingly enough i actually feel like you know they seem closer in age even than yeah. like mouse and her original boyfriend in this yeah. so like it's an or certainly internal- Maggie and Simon. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and they never, it's not even just that it's the only one that they have this, you know, put on the brakes. It's the only one where they really even question it. Like there was never a moment between what's his name and Mouse's uh, in that relationship where they even really talked about it. No. And, and power dynamics between men and women in those instances are are sometimes I feel like are in some ways more problematic even and so yeah well yeah because there's the potential for for like pregnancy and things like that which isn't the case in a gay relationship yeah you know there were certain especially in 1984 I mean there was lots of other risks yeah Um, yeah but uh but uh, I don't know. I just think it's weird that that's like the one relationship where they, and, and especially the fact that they had Bennett say, okay, you're turning 18 in what, like six months. Yeah. As if there's something sort of more risky. And I guess 1984, it was more risky as far as like the weight of coming out at that time and some of the other things you know the persecution some other things that might happen yeah. but I don't know I just thought it was a little bit strange do we know exactly how old Bennett is I don't think that we know how old he is we just know that he said well I'll be waiting six months counting down how the old do you think he is I'm guessing uh like 22 yeah 21 yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there doesn't seem to be any issues with him. Not that there ever is in the show of getting alcohol. Right. So I'm thinking he's 20, over 21, but yeah. I don't know. And so then they decide, well, since now Carrie doesn't have a date to the prom and, uh, and Mouse doesn't want to go with West, 
because her parents will be upset because they only want her dating Chinese people. Yeah, from the Qing Dynasty. (laughs) Very specific. (laughs) I mean, which is a thing, you know, that that some immigrants, uh, you know, they really want their children to date people that are of the same ethnicity. Um, it usually doesn't end up going well. I mean, I don't understand what, like, it would really hurt to just go to a prom, like go to a dance. Like they're not getting married. Oh, I, it was so funny. This kid is so adorable and seems so much younger than her. And I like, he's like, I don't want to be going. And they have, they have a fun. Yeah, Yeah, he's adorable. Yeah, that was funny. The nerd, uh, I I mean, it kind of makes me think of um, uh, my Big Fat Greek wedding you know oh yeah it's like give me a word any word and i will tell you how it's greek it's like kimono (laughs) yeah (laughs) there was a lot of really good fashion in this uh, again doing what we've been saying taking 80s aesthetics and putting it in 2010 i I really especially liked kind of the closing uh, outfit, which she has like a jean jacket and a kind of a puffy flower skirt. Oh, she looked yeah. adorable. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. And uh, and then we have Simon showing up, and he uh, he has his fiance there. Yeah. So, do you think that Simon is actually interested in Maggie, or do you think he's just there for like a booty call? For lack of a better word. Booty call. This is so gross. I, <laughs> it was gross always, but the mm-hmm. fact that he's engaged, I mean, this is just disgusting behavior. Well, and it seems like he's trying to make Maggie jealous. Yeah. So oh, that's why I wondered if like, it, does he have, is he hopeful of like an actual relationship? Cause he does seem to kind of be wanting to make her jealous. I think he's just like self-centered and wants all the attention because when Maggie broke up with Walt, he kind of backed off a little bit like, oh, I don't want her to be too into me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I, well, I think he's. Yeah. Just- yeah. And uh, so then we have the dad and he's worried about honoring the memory of his wife. And again, we've already kind of talked about this, but it's better for them to hear it from him. Uh, and he kind of, he starts to be worried about Carrie. He asks if she's dating Walt and Carrie says that their dad should spend more time with them. And he's just kind of like, uh, <laughs> and then the dad says, I think Carrie knows. And, uh, so there's sort of a back and forth with that. Yeah. I thought it was a really fun scene between Carrie and her dad, when he's like, Oh, you never know. Maybe it could date Walt. And she's like, trust me. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What did you think about the whole, how the reveal happened of Sebastian telling Maggie about Walt's sexuality and then Maggie, um, telling Carrie, like, what did you think about how all of those secrets unfolded? Yeah, I mean, uh, and yeah, I, 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 I mean, it was shocking to see Maggie's response and, you know, how she says, I can't believe I ever loved you. You make me sick. 
I don't want anything to do with you. That was pretty shocking. I, I, yes, I agree. And I just can't imagine like that reaction. I can see thinking all those things and like saying that to your journal or maybe to one friend in the privacy of your own home, but to scream that at the diner. And I thought Anna Sophia Robb's acting in this moment was so spot on. She's like, the, it wasn't, it was very subtle, but she's like, Maggie, like, don't do this. And you just see her panicking. And by the way, it's not the same that Carrie kept this secret. She was protecting Walt. And I I don't necessarily think that Carrie- Well, it wasn't really, well, it wasn't really her secret to tell, you know, and, and, and so Maggie's basically outed him to everybody else in that room who, who is within hearing, which is not her role to have. I mean, I guess in a sense it is, I mean, if they are trying to make a show in 1984, there would be people who absolutely would have that perspective, uh, yeah. and that reaction. So I guess it's good to have that we'll see what they do with it in season two to see because they don't really resolve it because they were going back to simon by the end um and she kisses sebastian she's just a mess i mean a total <laughs> mess maggie but uh i maggie. it was shocking it was absolutely shocking and kind of made you understand why people were so hesitant to tell because people did think that i mean not even just 1984 like 2004 like i mean that people people thought it was of the devil it was evil it was disgusting it was you know all those words and uh, and so i guess i can see like wanting to have that response but it was definitely shocking for sure and you know this has been a somewhat i think compassionate character up until now so for her to be a bigot was surprising yeah and even if it would have been a more nuanced conversation of her being like Walt you got mad at me for cheating on you but you didn't even want to be with me so it makes sense that I would do that like I'm not saying that that's a fair response but like something a little more nuanced rather than the venom that she was spitting out here but he in fairness to Walt he told her that he said it was not all your fault it was my fault uh right we, we shouldn't we shouldn't be go back together. We shouldn't, you know, all that stuff. He said that. Yeah. So, I mean, what else is he, I guess he could have come out to her sooner, but why would he? It's not like they're, I don't know. Well, and also by the way, Walt is not really out. Walt is number one, still figuring it out for himself. Yeah. For Maggie's reaction to be like, well, were all of you laughing at me? It's like, no, absolutely not. Like, it would be one thing if Walt was out. Yeah, because like Mouse doesn't know, for instance. What? It, yeah, no. Yeah. And by the way, Carrie doesn't even really know. Like, it yeah, he hasn't officially come out to her. No. Uh, he's just listened to her, I guess. Yeah. At her words of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm not sure why, uh, why she's afraid to kind of tell her her dad about that why doesn't she you know when she's talking to him and she's like trust me it's not Walt's. it's not walt why does she doesn't just say that walt is gay i don't know if she if there's a there's been no reason to show that her dad would have a problem with that i think 
I agree. I think it might be along the lines of what you were saying before that she feels like it's not her secret to tell mm. and that like he's not really out yet. Like I think of, of yeah, that's true. people like that I was in high school with that I that weren't out yet and I wouldn't say anything to my parents, but if they were out, I would definitely say something. But yeah, when you're still yeah, that's trying good. to that's figure true. that out. Um, yeah, I think you're right though. Carrie's dad seems like a true blue kind of guy. Well, yeah. And so then, uh, Bennett and Walt talk, and this is where we get the whole thing of like, wait, wait six months until you're 18. I feel like I'd be taking advantage of you. Uh, because Walt tries to kiss him. And I mean, this, it does that, that response from Bennett does make more sense when you think of 1984 and what was happening in 19, 1984 was like the peak of the, yes. the AIDS crisis and yeah. when they still weren't getting any attention not that they ever got the attention they deserved or should have if you want to see a really good movie there's a really good documentary called how to fight a plague how to survive a plague uh that's all about the um the AIDS crisis and it's really good um but uh but uh that you know it was just treated as like this this gay problem and you know not talked about seriously which i mean it's outrageous but but anyway in 1984 was sort of your like it was like the peak time you know when things were just building and building and building and so many people were losing their lives and it was you know horrible and uh, so i can understand from that perspective why he might be like let's not let's be extra careful right Um, right. but anyway uh and uh and he does tell walt he said be prepared for what you're going to experience it's going to be hard which is true and it is no there's no question yeah no question and yeah it is nice that he has this relationship um i mean i think i said another episode i hope it veers more towards like a friendship mentorship but I, i do think it's really important to have this perspective in the show yeah 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 um so we also find out about larissa that she is a what did they say Ghanaian princess of course she is <laughs> she's sure. like i had to leave i had to go <laughs> makes sense yeah but basically like you take what you were brought up with and the good and you leave the bad Just kind of her perspective yeah. um and then we have sebastian and maggie having a kiss and i hated that that was terrible and i don't think they would either of them would do that i just i don't know uh it felt like conflict for conflict's sake as opposed to authentic to the characters especially when he goes in for that second kiss like i think her kissing him i still don't think but okay maybe she's drunk we know how maggie is but then when and then when she kisses him i think his first reaction which was like what I just wish she would have been like, yeah, not feeling it think. or something like that. Like, yeah. what are you doing? Now, I do want to make sure, and I wanted to ask you, it was just a kiss, right? Yeah, they, I mean, they never showed them leaving the bar or, right. you know, at his house or. And Carrie sees them like later that. that night. So, yeah. Yeah. So then Carrie comes over and uh, he. Um, uh and they don't have sex they just cuddle i guess which i guess was the right move for sebastian because he had this secret but it 
I don't know. It doesn't really, I feel like it doesn't really feel authentic that Carrie would just be like, okay. I feel like she would be like, what's going on? What, what are you telling me? Something for her to just be like, okay, I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. I agree that Carrie, I think would have pressed on that, especially since she is such, I, I don't mean that she's crazy. That wasn't my crazy. It's like, she thinks a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. For anyone watching on YouTube, that it was that I was making the crazy face. <laughs> uh, in case she just overanalyzes it, overanalyzing. Yes. Yeah, I don't think I think I can relate to Gary. But as far as Sebastian's behavior, I thought it made sense and also shows what a stand-up guy he is because he's like, "Whoa, I don't know how to handle this in this moment. Do I tell her what's going on? Okay, let's just cuddle and be with each other." And I think yeah. that that makes sense. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like from the from Sebastian's side, it's it actually is a a gentlemanly mm-hmm. thing. A, you know, if he knew that they'd had that that he'd had this kiss and with her friend, and I I mean, I think that then you have to uh, that is as opposed to just like following urges, you know, and not like like he's trying to have like a real relationship with Carrie. Uh, but uh, then Maggie confesses to Carrie and Carrie's very upset says you're not the victim here you're excusing your behavior and I think that that is true uh, with I think that's true that's what she's doing I mean you I think as just as a human being like we're all the heroes of our own journey and so I think that that's what she's trying to kind of do is make some sense of it but it is also true that in doing that, she's she's kind of trying to validate or vindicate what she did to Carrie. And, and, totally. Yeah. And I think that Anna Sophia Robb tore up this scene. This acting was so good because you see her eyes are like filled with tears and she has this rage, but she's actually containing it in like this glorious, beautiful way. It's like a very um, concentrated um, monologue that she's giving. And I just thought I was like, holy moly, she can act like it was so good. Yeah. I mean, she's been good throughout all the acting has been excellent. Uh, and then the next thing you see is Maggie making out with Simon. That's, that's kind of one of the last images of the episode. We yeah. also have Dorit, uh, that she's going to prom with record store guy. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I felt like it was a little much for her age and everything for him to like be be putting petals on the bed. I don't know. It was just like a little awkward for somebody so young. But uh, he was trying to make it nice and memorable, sweet. And she does say at the end that uh, that she's uh, I love him and he loves me. So she's really fallen for this this guy. It was really special to see Dorit talk about how she didn't even cry when her mom passed away mm-hmm. but she was crying with record store guy and he like puts the brakes on then he's like oh yeah. whoa you're crying okay which I I was glad for he wasn't totally. gonna like push her we'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast it's the Hallmarkies merch store are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable hardy or Hallmarky in your life What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies merch store. 
full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. Then when she said that it's because she was so happy that she can't contain it, she's actually feeling things. It's like, okay, maybe this relationship is good for her. And you see that she's also able to be there for Carrie. And even what she says to Sebastian, like, I don't know what's going on between you guys, but I know you'll work it out. It's like, she just has more love to give now. But it did make me sad, Rachel, that she was talking about how she was hiding in her room for like nine hours and even her family didn't check on her. It's like, I know every family deals with grief in a different way, but she definitely, she definitely is lonely. Yeah. I mean, and it feels like with only, I guess for me, for the, with like a big family, it's like, how could somebody with, it's just two, you don't like to, to the dad, like you only have two two to look out for my mom had six <laughs> like perspective here <laughs> okay. i don't know i would think that you could keep track of two fine yeah and you also wonder it's like what is in people's heads like did they think that she wanted that space and wanted to be left alone like there's so many interesting dynamics in families mm-hmm. that we make a lot of assumptions and stuff, but it, it did make me sad for her. So I'm glad that she's connecting with him. Yeah. Well, then we also have, uh, so the, like you said, the mouse is going with this nerd, but her, her uh, parents want her to go with to prom. Uh, and then she finally tells them that she's going with Wes. And then they have the cute little dance in the diner. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I liked the reveal that they're not really from uh, Chinese royal lineage that, yeah, that was funny and farmers <laughs> which i think is great too but like mouse is like i'm sorry i've been giving up my dating life for this <laughs> yeah yeah that was funny that was good uh, and i think that that's basically everything uh that carrie uh suggests to her dad that she she could maybe be staying in new york at larissa's place with walt for the summer uh, and she's really excited about that. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But then at the end, you see that that's what they did. Yeah. I'm interested, Rachel, to see where season two goes, what the status is with Sebastian, summer in the city, you know, do they pick up after yeah. the summer? What's, what's going to happen? Yeah. I'm definitely curious too. I, and I'm, I don't know if this is one of the shows where they knew in advance or if it's going to be left on a cliffhanger uh you know maybe they thought it was going to be renewed we don't know i guess we'll see uh coming up uh season two but hopefully there'll be like some closure yeah hopefully but uh but there we go that's this episode i would give this one a seven yeah yeah it there was just a lot that it dragged up (laughs) yeah i think that if I kind of just wish that they had allowed them to have like the prom, you know, kind of experience and not had it be so much conflict like that. I mean, 
why, what would have been so bad of like Carrie having a semi-normal high school experience? <laughs> well, I think that's a really good point, Rachel. And I could see like everyone at the prom and like the Carrie's voiceover as it like cut to each person mm-hmm. and having it be like, oh, we're all hiding and we all have secrets and, and it could still be like, everything is not perfect but I think you're right having like this kind of like at least tying off season one with a little bit of a bow and have them all together would have felt a little bit better yeah yeah so there we go that's this episode I guess we should say that I don't did you ever did you get to go to prom did you did you do prom I did but I got left at the prom by my date so So like, you know, not as exciting, uh, but I would my dad pick me and my sister up because she got left too. So uh-huh. you, you didn't, wait, is that when you had your- No, opinion? I didn't go to prom because I had appendicitis. <laughs> Junior prom. Then senior prom, my family moved. So I was, I basically graduated early. So I so like there was that no it, senior. That's actually a much more dramatic uh, than Carrie. <laughs> I mean, like to get- uh, to have a medical emergency. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was no uh, tra- traumatic, uh, you know, love affair in high no, school no. For, for me. But uh, but it was uh, an interesting experience. <laughs> we should, Rachel. So no problem. Like, no, we should go to a fancy event together. I mean, you were just at a fancy event. Yeah, where you I, I was. Cool, just- we need a fancy event together. That would be fun if there was a fan. I I haven't been since college to a fancy event aside from weddings, I guess, but that had dancing. I mean, I'm the worst dancer in the world, but that would be, that would be fun to go to, uh, go to something. And, and one of the, uh, dances that I went to in college, uh, it was like a a Sadie Hawkins dance, like girl's choice. And what we had all done is, uh, we had all set each other up. It was pretty fun. And so the morning of the, uh, of the dance, we all showed up with corresponding items. Like somebody would have milk and somebody would have cereal and for the, and then we all had brunch together and, That's and, adorable. and yeah. So you'd find out who your date was, but who had the corresponding item. And, uh, and that was fun. And, and so then what they did that night, and this was all organized by the guys is they, they picked a word in the song in in songs like they didn't do love because that would be too many but um heart or something like that and every time that word was sung you switched partners dance partners and so that way it was really it was such a fun idea because it was just chance you got to like talk to everybody and and uh um yeah because yeah it was super fun yeah it was really really fun and uh that was the uh winter like winter formal I guess dance. Um, I love that the guys made it so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were great. And this was before most of them went on missions for our church. And so they were, you know, trying to not like make these big commitments, right? So it's just dating for fun, which is really what you should be doing when you're 18 anyway. Uh, and uh, and so that's kind of part of the reason why it was really casual. Like people weren't trying not to pair up too much <laughs> well that's nice because it kind of takes all the pressure yeah out of yeah so it was just fun so I love that. that was that was a good time and uh i i went to homecoming and winter formal in high school uh my date for homecoming was named james millette we're still friends uh we still oh. chat occasionally on facebook and he was great. He took me, he got his mom's Volkswagen. He was very excited about it. At the okay. Time. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and I actually asked him to homecoming. Uh, we had aquatics class, lifeguarding class together. And uh, we would just talk. And I just knew that he was never going to ask me. And again, I'm not somebody who just waits. I get it done. <laughs> In the analogy, I'm the shepherd. Not that he's You're a shepherd. shepherd. And if you <laughs> but nevertheless. <laughs> um, and uh and so we were <laughs> we were walking through uh the hallway one day and I was like so what are you doing for homecoming do you have any plans <laughs> he was like I don't I don't know uh, but I'll check I'll let you know and so then I don't know if it had been a week it had been like a little bit of time and I was just kind of like um so did you check your calendar <laughs> what are we doing here yeah. And he was like, oh yeah. And like, I, can I, can even drive, I can drive my mom's Volkswagen. I love that he checked about the Volkswagen. Yeah. It was really cute. And, uh, and then he took me to, a t- there was an Italian restaurant in Frederick and he took me to Italian food and, and then we had a great time. It was really fun. And, um, and, uh, so yeah, that's a happy, happy member. My mom, that's made, a happy member. yeah, and my no mom drama. made no drama. My mom made my dress. Your mom uh, made it. Yeah. And uh and it had long sleeves. I was pretty modest uh yeah. growing up. Um and uh and so yeah, my my mom made my dress. What color and, was it? Uh, red. Oh nice. A red dress. Um and yeah, so that's a fun, fun memory. And uh uh but that was probably the biggest dance that I ever went to was that homecoming, sophomore year homecoming <laughs> and see not all high school experiences are filled with this level of drama no <laughs> sometimes people just go on go on dates and dances yeah. And, yeah we mean we really weren't very encouraged to like solo date and I think that makes a lot of sense like group date in high school you don't need to be like having uh super intense relationships in high school I mean like some my my best friend married her high school sweetheart still married to this day four kids later uh they're doing great as far as i know <laughs> uh, they're still married so so yeah uh, that's impressive so it does happen but uh but i i i think i told you that at the library they had teens are you down with love uh or do you hate valentine's day thing the other day and i'm just like really why do we hate love already <laughs> yeah why are they already be jaded? The poor little teens. Be jaded already. Or like, I love when um when uh when someone gets married and they're like super young and they'll play like that their song is like "At Last" by Etta James, and I'm like, not at last. Like you're very young. Oh, funny. Well, anyway, it's let us know your prom experiences in the comments. We'd love to hear or even see photos. If you want to share them on Instagram or on Twitter, we'd love, I'll try to find, I'm not sure where it is. Uh, it could be way in my storage, but I'll try to find a picture from, from homecoming. But, uh, but anyway, if you have prom pictures, uh, or, or experiences, you share them in the comments or on Twitter or Instagram. And we're at city girls pod on Twitter and of course, Hallmark is Pod, Hallmark is Podcast. And Jax, where can people find you? At Jacqueline C. Tweets on Twitter and Jacqueline Collier on Instagram. And you can find me at Rich's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. 
And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That really helps us a lot. And if you are watching YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have the patron group, which we have our next watch along is coming up on the 11th with Catherine Davis. We're going to be watching Christmas on Fifth Avenue and hearing all the behind the scenes. That's one of my all-time favorite Christmas TV movies. So it's going to be super fun. You definitely want to be there for that on the 11th. So sign up for the Patreon. We also have the merch store. You can get City Girls Pod merch and lots of other fun stuff. So take a look. And thanks so much, Jax. Thanks for doing City, City Girls Pod. Uh, Carrie Diaries season one. We're done. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll talk to y'all later. Bye.